Welcome back to The Diving Pod. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Rooney. And I'm Heath Calhoun. Um, So, Aaron, I think we kind of should maybe hit some of our listener feedback we've been getting recently. It's been awesome. Um, So we're going to reference two emails we actually just got in the last 24 hours. Um, One is from a Jake Bremer. Uh, He coaches at Ball State University. Um, You know, we started this, I guess it's almost five, six weeks ago now. Our goal was just to try to connect people within our community, maybe a little bit more that don't know how to get involved. And, uh, you know, Mr. Bremer, I'm just going to read his email, kind of highlight some of the things. Uh, You know, he says, I really like when you have experienced coaches on that just talk about how how they got where they are. Uh, Last year was my first year as the head coach at Ball State, so I'm somewhat new to the game. Hearing how some of these great coaches got their starts and what they value has been really beneficial for me. So, you know, from our perspective, that's exactly why we're doing this. Um, I thought it was awesome. You know, we, we text each other anytime we get an email. You know, what do you think, Rooney? Yeah, I mean, really cool to hear some of that, that positive feedback for sure. We're always listening. We're always excited to get some of that. We only have five episodes in, and I think our, like, download count is over 600, which is absolutely yeah. insane to me. I mean, I can't wrap my head around those numbers. I realize we're not uh, – you know, we're not out here being Joe Rogan, super famous and all that <laughs> fun stuff, but we figured we'd have like 10, 15 people and they'd all be our parents or our athletes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so we're going to hit one more, you know, and it's, uh, it's something I didn't even get a chance to talk to you about yet tonight, but uh, I was with my family tonight. We do a family poker game once a month and, uh, you know, a lot of my cousins listen to it and they don't know anything about diving. They just uh, used to crack jokes around the holidays. Like, Oh, Heath, you wearing your speedo today? And and just, just, you know, just ragging on me a little bit, but uh, a lot of them have listened to it and they're like, it's pretty awesome. They're like, we know nothing about diving and you guys sharing stories and just talking. They're like, it's been really fun to kind of get to know about it. So we're going to kind of share somebody else's story that they decided to share with us uh, via email. And it's something that I was uh, kind of a part of as a third party. Uh, his name's John Santiu. I think I'm getting that last name wrong. So if I get it wrong, John, I'm so sorry. And correct me, please. Um, but so for those of you that maybe think that name is somewhat familiar, he dove at Auburn University, if I'm correct. And he actually won, I believe, Tower uh, at the SEC. So he's an SEC champion, so pretty big deal. And uh, he kind of gave us just some really nice feedback that he listened listened to some of the podcast. And and him and I's paths had crossed at a, uh, a regional meet in Pittsburgh. I want to say it was 2009, maybe 2010. And uh, – so I wasn't present when this happened, but I was pulling up to the pool at Pitt. And if you've ever been to Trees Hall, it's just kind of on top of a hill and it's kind of a pain in the butt to get to, to begin with. But I'm pulling up and I see this ambulance leaving pretty quick and uh, like, oh, I can't be good. So park the car, go in, get ready to warm up and do the event. And I'm like, oh, what happened? Is everybody OK? And they're like, oh, this one kid, he was doing front three and a half pike on 10 meter. And he came out really early and uh, he landed super flat, kind of took an ambulance ride to the hospital and, uh, you know, but came back and competed later on, uh, you know, which, which, uh, yeah, he got back up there. I don't know if he competed that day, but I know he got back up there and won friggin' SEC championship on 10 meter. And uh, I'll always remember that. I still talk about that smack to this day. Like they had video replay of it. It was, it was intense. And, uh, you know, so really cool to hear kind of some of these names I hadn't heard in a long time, uh, reaching back out and kind of hearing that story and, and just kind of jogging my memory. It was a really cool thing to read. And uh, John, wish you the best of luck with whatever you're doing. And thank you so much for the positive feedback. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I read that email and I was like, yeah, there's got to be a story there. But <laughs> yeah, that's a major league smack. Yes. 
Yes. So, so uh, why don't you tell everybody what we're doing? Yeah, we'll get into it. Well, we're going to just review Olympic trials for the United States. We're just going to go event by event the way that they came up on the screen. There's one little alter to that. We're going to do men's three meter last because I had a whole lot of drama. Um, so starting right off, women's three meter synchro, the favorites going in were Cassidy Cook and Sarah Bacon. Uh, it was, I mean, it started off the Olympic trials absolutely bonkers like Cass or Cassidy Cook ended up balking and not only balking but Sarah Bacon balked with her which is yeah. absolutely insane like the, the presence of mind to I guess bail your teammate out in a sense um to balk with her that was that was absolutely crazy but really the 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 winners of the event Allison Gibson and Krista Palmer um I was, I was surprised. I was shocked. I thought, uh, I thought cook bacon was just going to keep sizzling all the way to the Olympics. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you. You know, I, uh, I started watching this actually whenever I was coaching and I kind of just had it sitting and, uh, and sitting on a table behind our three meter and the kids in between dives would kind of peek at it and, and just kind of keep it on. And, and all of a sudden I kind of see it and everybody's like, Oh my goodness. Uh, they just balked and I'm like, who was it? And they're like Sarah Bacon and Cassidy cook. And, and I rewatched it. I had to rewatch it like 10, 15 times. And I would love to know, I couldn't hear anything. I would love to know if there was some kind of audible cue to like, no, Hey, I'm not going or I'm balking. Right. You know, it, it, it just, from my perspective throughout that whole event, uh, I thought Allison Gibson and Krista Palmer were the best team. I mean, they were the, they had the best three lists clearly. That one was very apparent as well. And, you know, it kind of brings me, I, I wrote just a very, very few notes on each event. And the, the one big takeaway I had, other than the fact that, you know, Gibson and Palmer were super consistent, their last dive, 5154B, <laughs> is just, it's absolutely sick. I mean, not many women in the world are doing that dive, let alone in a synchro contest at yeah. the same time as somebody else doing it. I mean, you talk about a dive that like everything has to go right, you know, they, they crushed it. You know, the three times yep. they competed it, it was, it was just like, this is, this is crazy. This is huge. Yep. This is really good for the women's three meter for the women's just diving in general. The fact that these two ladies are doing this big dive and I mean, kudos to them. Yeah. I was excited for them, but you know, surprised that uh, Cassidy cook and, and Sarah Bacon didn't make it. And I think they were even a little surprised too. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Sarah, Sarah tends to wear her emotions on her face and, and you know what, I'm, I was very similar. I'm kind of the same way, but you know, you could tell she was a little, little ticked off and, you know, go, go get it type of thing. And, yep. and she went for it and she wanted it and just came up a little short and more, more power in the world to Allison Gibson and Krista Palmer. It was, it was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think the thing that I, I tried to take away from watching and, and we're really focusing primarily on the top two teams here, but there were some really, really, uh, the future is bright for USA diving. You know, we saw that young 14 year old crew, um, you know, maybe they didn't finish where they would want. Um, but just to be there, you know, just the experience. One of the things I really took away is watching some of those younger female athletes sitting on the pool deck, you know, knees in their chest, almost tuck position and just watching. And I'm like, yeah. how awesome is that? Like you're still, you know, I think, we, we rush so quickly to, Oh, you're in the Olympic trials at 14 or 15. Like, okay, this, this is what we got to do machine work and step one, step two. 
And it, it just kind of looked like they were fans for a little bit. And I thought that was really cool how, you know, even in that big moment, they were able to still appreciate it. But the thing I really took away is through those first two lists, especially the first one, it just looked like Cassidy Cook couldn't get a good hurdle. She was consistently back on the board. Uh, I don't know if that had to do with her shoulder injury. Um, they definitely brought it in the finals there. And uh, they, they did what they could to try to kind of close that gap. And I, I really took away that Sarah Bacon was on fire. Her first yeah, two she, do- she dove really well. And, and that was another one of my notes. It was just like, you know, they, they got down early and they just never really fully recovered from that. You know, they had a great final, but it was just yep. a little too late. Yep. Just couldn't oh. make it back. What are we jumping to now, sir? Okay. The next one is men's three meter synchro. The winners yeah. of the event were Michael Hickson and Andrew Capobianco. This was one of those events that we were all really excited for, especially yep. with uh, the, the, the favorites going in, in my opinion, I might've been wrong was, uh, David Budaya and Steele Johnson. Yeah, you were wrong. Um, you were wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> <you were. laughs> I keep calling the team of Andrew Capobianco and Mike Hickson cap and Hicks or, or Hicks and cap, <laughs> even though like, that's not how you pronounce Capobianco. It's not, cap. Yeah. but for whatever reason, I, I, I don't know. I just like that. But, uh, after the prelims, um, and the semis steel Johnson pulls out with a yeah. foot injury. So that was yeah. a little bit of a shocker there, you know, for, for my brain of wanting to watch them, wanting to watch them compete and, and try to make it to the Olympic team. So with steel out, that also meant he was out for the three meter individual and yep. didn't know how David was going to react to that. But I mean, he's an Olympic champion. He's got, He's got a steel trap upstairs. I'm sure he was just fine mentally, but uh, really yep. supportive of his, of his synchro partner, which was cool to see. But uh, Michael Hickson and Andrew Campobianco, just, they just kind of were in, it looked like they were in just cruise control. Yeah. Um, a- after Bodiah and Johnson dropped out, you know, Greg Duncan and Grayson Campbell, they, I wrote, they just kept them honest. Yep. You know, yep. it, it wasn't, it, it, at that point, it was Hickson's and Campobianco's to, to lose. And, with Duncan and Campbell diving good enough, you know, they, they just, they forced them not to miss too many dives. And I think that's, that's stating it as simply as I possibly can. Yeah, I definitely, definitely agree with you. I think that kept them honest is a really great term to use there. You know, the thing I take away is Michael Hickson and Andrew's list. It can compete. It can definitely compete at Olympic trials. And the best part for them is they have those big dives and, you know, Olympic or excuse me, Olympics is set up very differently than American Olympic trials. You know, you, you reset. And so I think that's going to be almost a benefit to them where it's, Hey, hit them once, go through, hit them once then do it again then do it again. And, uh, I really think this team can do well in that event. Um, I completely, completely agree with that point. Um, that front four and a half last, it seems like everybody does reverse three and a half twister last. So front four and a half, I mean, you get a little more DD, but it also makes my heart rate go up a little more because <laughs> hey, they, they were hitting that dive all week. They were. And, and you hope they continue to do that. And I think they will continue to do that. Yep. It's just uh, it, it's obviously a confident dive for that team. And it's yeah. just crazy impressive. Absolutely. Um, they ended up winning by 120 points. So that was yeah, a pretty a little, special. I d- definitely think I was a little, little sad, you know, I was as well as you looking forward to kind of that showdown for those two pairs and, uh, but that's okay. You know, Jason uh, Bauman said it a couple episodes ago. It just, it might not be your time and you might not understand it. And I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, what these athletes go through to train and 
especially this cycle where it's five years and, you know, just yep. come up a hair short. We'll get to some, some more people that missed just a little bit, but uh, you know, just for whatever reason. And, and it was cool to see Steele Johnson after he dropped out, he was still there screaming and cheering and it was very yeah. cool to see him still supporting he, everybody. He seems like just a world-class person, you know, yes. always cheering. And, and he had a great statement that he put out on Twitter and Instagram, just explaining you know, he, he was sad that he can't compete, but so happy for everybody else that was there. It, yeah. it was really, really cool. But uh, yep. moving on, women's 10-meter synchro was the next event. Uh, the winners of the event were Delaney Schnell and Jessica Parado. They won by 41 points. I did not watch this event, so I don't have a whole ton of notes. I just wrote down that Delaney and Jessica were second after the prelims to yep. Katrina Young and Murphy Bromberg. Yep. And then um, in semifinals and finals, just kind of got the job done against those other two. And it was just those two teams in, in the contest. So yeah, uh, like it, I said, I, I didn't get a chance to watch this one, but I, I did watch prelims. I was walking around in uh, home Depot with my dad, watching the scores and watching the dads. <laughs> so I was yep. screaming like, Oh my gosh, this is so close. Yeah. I think, I think what I kind of took away from it and, and I could be completely off and I hope our listeners let us know if we're off, but it just really seemed as though they were just so steady, you know, Jessica Parado and Delaney Schnell, you know, I'm looking kind of real quickly at the results here and it looks like they went three, you know, six thirteen after semis and then they scored three seventeen going into the, that last list. It's like, they were just steady, you know, it looked like they didn't really miss anything crazy and I think that you see that, you know, we talk about that all the time. You don't necessarily have to do things for tens, but especially at this level, everything's got to be sevens or better. And, it, and in reality, it probably has to be even higher. So uh, congratulations to them. I think uh, it was definitely exciting to watch a small group. I don't know how they, uh, how your body handles doing a synchro event and then also an individual. So interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, shout out to uh, the team of Schnell and Parado. That's you're going to the Olympics. That's sweet. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. Moving on. Women's three meter individual. Again, I would say the overwhelming favorite in this event was Sarah Bacon. And she uh she she had a little bit of a rough go. Uh the eventual winners, we had Krista Palmer in first and Haley Hernandez in second. Sarah Bacon ended up in third, just 14 points behind the youngster Haley Hernandez Um, things that I wrote down for, for specifically Sarah Bacon's list, because again, she was the overwhelming favorite in prelims and semifinals combined. um, She missed back two and a half pike. She only hit it for 27 points. That is not very good for her. Uh, She did full out for 54 in the semis. And I looked at kind of top scores and average scores. That's about 20 points low for her on that dive. And then in the finals, that back two and a half fight came up to bite her again. She got 55 this time, which is better than the 27 in prelims. But again, I look back at her average and her highs, that's about 15 points low and she missed it by 14 points. So, you know, there's, there's three dives right there where in a, in a multi meet format, if you miss three, it starts to get a little scary. You know, I think she could have been fine missing one. I think she would have been, a little bubble-ish if she missed two, but yeah. missing three like that, it's like, dang, you know, th- this, uh, you hate to see it. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of, we talked about it all week and I think the things that, that stuck out to me and we've, we've talked about this, you know, 
I, I'm so excited excited to see Krista Palmer make the Olympic team. Like I said previously, I listened to an interview with her um, during COVID, and just she just sounds like a worker. And I think that's like we didn't really mention it a ton with the women's three meter synchro, but you know, I think on social media, I definitely had seen Cassidy Cook and Sarah Bacon. Now that's because they competed at the World Championships or the World Cup. And, and, you know, they had the awesome hashtag and it was, and everybody loved it. But the one thing nobody saw, I saw a few, few videos here and there of Krista Palmer and Allie Gibson and all they were doing was working their butts off. And you can see it with Krista Palmer. I mean, she, she was in a class of her own for those three lists and that double out and she was smoking reverse two and a half pike. But the big takeaway for me that I love to see is that, you know, we talked about it early on in episode one and two about you can chase DD or you can chase that execution and very few yep. people can kind of put it together. And I think Haley Hernandez really exemplified. She, she did things perfect. I mean, not for tens, yep. but she didn't miss, you know, you go watch her do a back two and a half tuck. I showed it to every kid I coach. I'm like, watch this kicks at the board, looks back, grabs the water. She's tight. Like all those little things she did. Right. And, and I think for, for young coaches, for old coaches, for new coaches, anything in between, it just really reinforces teach the basics, right? Take your time. You know, it might, maybe you're not going to be, if you're a high school coach, maybe teaching how to do that back dive tuck the correct way or pike or whatever it may be back one and a half tuck, like kids don't like doing it, but guess what? Teach it right. You might not be the coach that really sees those, those, those seeds sprout and grow, but that next coach, you know, whether it's college or further on, they're going to look at you and be like, your high school coach did it the right way. And, and it, and it shows there. And I think that that's awesome to see somebody go and execute a tuck list and she's on our Olympic team. Like good for yeah, her. For sure. That was another thing that I wrote down. I said, Haley Hernandez did a tuck list and <laughs> yeah. she made the Olympics. Like that is unbelievable. Good for her. Super crazy. Cool. And Chris Palmer's double out. I mean, yeah, again, I, we said it in the synchro contest. That is a huge dive and she does it so well. She did it in finals for 81.6 points. Yeah. Like that's ridiculous. Nobody yep. in the world, I mean, hardly anybody in the world's doing that. Dive and she's doing it well. You know, 81 yeah. points is just massive. Yeah. Uh, real quick, just wanted to give a, a, a loving shout out to Brooke Schultz. She took six. <laughs> I, still, I also still love you. I think we would be remiss to not mention, you know, Allison Gibson, you know, Kristen Hayden, like these women were in the fight. I mean, Kristen Hayden had some lists that she put together and, and it was super, super impressive. You know, not that those I, other women were out of the race, but but those top five women, top six women, it was so fun to watch them dive. I really enjoyed watching Kristen Hayden. I have never seen her dive before. Um, yep. So watching her was just, I mean, even the preparation, you know, she's modeling on the side of the pool uh, before her dive. And she just, she's got that game face on and she looks awesome. And, and it was just like, this, this is fun. This is really cool. You can see yep. the sport is in a really good spot. Yep. So, uh. We'll move on to the next one, men's 10-meter individual. Uh, we had Brandon Lashabo was the winner, and Jordan Wendell takes second yeah. place. Uh, this is another one of those where I think going in, one of the favorites was probably David Dinsmore. Yeah, and, I, thought, I uh, thought so. He, he ended up taking third place by a, a, you know, a pretty good margin. Uh, I see Brandon scores 14-21, uh, and Jordan Wendell scores 14-01, and then David Dinsmore is down at 12-78. So yep. it was a, it was a very clear cut who were the top two were this week, yeah. this yep. Olympic trials week. It was very clear. Brandon Lashabo and Jordan window were going to represent the United States at the Olympics. And I've said it 
on this podcast before. I'm a huge Jordan Window fan. I love yep. I, I love the diver. I love the big smile. Um, for for those of you who don't know, I think everybody knows at this point in the diving world, he's an orphan <laughs> from Cambodia. Um, he was he was adopted by his dad Jerry Window, and it looks like he's just the most supportive father. And it's just it's an incredible story. And to see him just succeed and to see him move to tears when it was all yeah. done, it was like, Hey, I, I did it. Like, I think yeah. about that, that panic at the disco song. Hey, look, mom, I made it. Like, <laughs> that's just really, really cool. Um, so good for Jordan. I was all jacked up about it. His inward three and a half yeah. or straight tens was Nothing just like starting to meet unbelievable i mean that's a, that that's crazy he can put some hands on on any dive i've seen him rip every single dive he does it's really cool but i will say the person who stole the show i think yeah. not only for me but uh <laughs> casual viewers of diving and yes. oh my gosh this is crazy josh hedberg 14 year old josh hedberg from indianapolis i believe he was incredible 14 years old and he's doing reverse three and a half for 83 points in yeah. prelims. And then he did inward two and a half or excuse me, inward three and a half for 86 points. And then in finals, he comes back and does reverse three and a half again, this time for 88 points. I mean, this kid is so good at such a young age and you watch him compete and he's just got this stoic game yep. face never changing, never too high, never too low. Just, all right, I'm here to get the job done. I am really excited to watch his career progress because at 14 in the men's finals for Olympic trials and getting fourth place. Yeah. Unbelievable. Josh. Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. You know, I think Brandon Lashavo, he's really (laughs) just been on this role, you know, he, he won NCAAs. He's, I mean, relatively speaking, he didn't miss until I think it was his last dive in the entire meet. And yeah. so for me, I, I'm really excited to see if he can carry that into the Olympics. Um, you know, I, I definitely thought David Dinsmore was one of the favorites and he just kind of, he would put a really good list together and he would just kind of missed that one dive. And that was just kind of his kryptonite. It wasn't necessarily the same dive every time. It was just something different each time. And it just shows you how important trying to figure out how to peak for that correct time is um agree josh hedberg amazing like super excited to see what goes on with him in the future um some of my other takeaways jordan rezepka triple out it's amazing every time he does it it's awesome to yeah see. that's crazy um you know really awesome to see tyler downs competing on tower and on three meter you know we don't yep. see that a ton anymore uh and honestly the thing i think now moving forward that you know we didn't i don't think we mentioned it yet um we'll probably will again in men's three meter is you know, Jordan made a tough decision to withdraw from the men's three meter event. Uh, and I think they said on the air it was cause he just kind of felt like his arm was weak. And I, I think he's had issues with his tricep in the past. Um, I think they mentioned that a couple years back at NCAAs, maybe 2019. Um, but what I'm really excited for is for him to have essentially a month of training on just tower and see what's yeah, going to happen. Exactly. So very, yeah, very I, exciting. I got a note. We'll, we'll mention that a little bit more later in the men's three meter when Wendell did scratch after two dives, but I think they made the right decision. I mean, he's going to the Olympics. He's, a, he's, he's representing team USA and he's doing it in the event that he has the best chance to get a medal in. So right. again, absolutely think they made the right decision there and um, super happy, super pumped. So moving on, we got 
women's 10 meter individual. The winner yep. of the event was Delaney Schnell. Second place was Katrina Young. And this was pretty crazy. We had yeah. a battle for second place between oh, yeah. Katrina Young, Murphy Bromberg, and even Jessica Parado was in the mix there too. So that was, that was really fun to actually watch. Um, Murphy Bromberg missed out by three points, which is crazy in a three yep. list format. That is nothing. And you look at the way the dives went down um, earlier. Katrina Young had a rough back two and a half for 20 or back three and a half, excuse me, for 29 points. And then Murphy Bromberg had a rough back twister for 43 points, which I believe was her last dive. Correct. And Katrina Young's last dive, she gained 30 points on Murphy yep. Bromberg to, to beat her. So it was truly one of those like, hey, go get it. And yep. she did. You know, Katrina Young, more power to you for, for having that last dive that just sealed the deal. There, you left no doubt. That's for sure. Yep. You, you know, you – you have one to make it and you need to have a good one. And she had a good one. <laughs> yeah, that definitely, uh, you know, for, if we do have any listeners that aren't diving people, this is the essential, like walk off grand slam, win the world yep. series with it. You know, the only thing that's better than this, if she hits the last dive wins Olympic gold, um, yep. you know, so I do like my heart does break for Murphy Bromberg. They said she's been the first woman out four times, I think after this event, ended. Oh no, just, uh, you know, but, and, and I'll never, un I'll never understand what it's like to be an Olympic hopeful and miss that. And, you know, I just, just hope that she stays motivated if she chooses to continue to compete, use this as motivation. Um, you know, I think right now might actually be a really good time to, uh, kind of just mention a few things. You know, we did get some listener feedback after our, um, Olympic preview episode. Uh, we missed two names that were brought to our attention. We want to make sure we, uh, represent them well. Is, uh, so on the women's 10 meter events, we missed Amy Magana, um, formerly Amy Kozad. Um, and we just missed it. Honestly, like we, we tell you guys, we're not perfect. You know, we're going to miss people. Um, and that's what we wanted. We wanted you guys to tell us who you're excited about. Um, and then we didn't really touch a ton on Allison Gibson in the women's springboard event, you know, and obviously we, we should have, you know, we should have maybe taken a little extra time there, but we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear who, who excites you. Um, you know, it, it's like Rooney said in an earlier episode, everybody has their own little flavor that they like to see dive. And, um, you know, not that they're not our flavor, but we kind of knew the other names differently. And um, I think that that was something we wanted to address. And and they both had great showings. I mean, Allison Gibson's going to be on our Olympic team. Amy Magana finished in the top six on tower. Um, just incredible. You know, honestly, a lot of things that we look at this, this event and, uh, you know, I think they mentioned a million and a half times that Dwight Dumais got Delaney Schnell off of uh, caffeine. And that was a really big deal. Um, I think they really drove that point home, but you know, you just see it. Like if she's on, she can compete with anybody. Um, some other takeaways, uh, Laura Wilkinson made finals. Incredible. Yep. Incredible. That was, that was one of mine, you know, 43 years old, Laura Wilkinson yeah. and not, not just a cookie cutter list either. She had a, she yep. had a big list and made yep. finals. It's unbelievable. So cool that her journey I mean, I, I would assume that her journey is over, but I yeah. am not one to say that. But again, to make it to this meet, to make it to finals of this meet, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Yep. So let's get to the main event. All right. The main event, men's three meter individual. The winner was Tyler Downs. Second place, Andrew Capobianco. 
Third place was David Bodaya. Only five points back. I wrote one word, all caps, bold, exclamation, crazy. <laughs> this yeah. event was crazy. It was crazy. So first of all, we start out, we have to remember we don't have Steele Johnson. He was in our top five pre-show. So Steele's out, foot injury. Jordan Wendell was also in my top five, which was turns out to be a really horrible pick. Uh, he <laughs> scratched after two dives to focus on tower. Again, I think it was the right decision. He is an Olympian on tower. Moving on. David Bodaya. He had a really good prelims. He had a really good semifinal and he missed one dive in finals. He was in control. It looked like the whole time. Uh, we got to, we go to highlights, specific dive highlights. Briadam Herrera reversed <laughs> three and a half in the semifinals, 98 points for one dive. Unbelievable. Andrew Capobianco, you got to mention back three and a half in prelims. Yeah. He hit it for 32 points. Really, really bad in semifinals. He hit it for 21 points, even worse. And then comes back in finals <laughs> and hits it for 75. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's why you do that dive. That makes sense. <laughs> Uh, Michael Hickson, super consistent, just not enough to get it done. It, it, yep. In my opinion, that's just what it was. It was, I'm excited to watch my picks in. And then you watch the entries. You're like, ah, just, just wasn't quite there. It wasn't where it needed to be. Um, Grayson Campbell. I have never seen this kid dive and he gained a fan. He is very, yeah. very solid. I was impressed with every dive he did. I did not. I, I, he wasn't on my radar whatsoever. And he was awesome the whole time. Tyler Downs, I very, very briefly mentioned him in the uh, pre-Olympic trials podcast. But the yep. only thing I said about him is that he can put hands on almost any dive. <laughs> and he, he literally proved, he proved that this week. He, I put Rip King on it. He's so clean. <laughs> he's so pretty. He doesn't have the crazy dives. He doesn't have front four and a half. He doesn't even do inward three and a half. He doesn't do... Those crazy, crazy big dives. But when you rip everything so clean, he's proving that sometimes you don't have to do those massive dives and you can still make it through. You know, I think about him versus uh, Brie Adam Herrera. And those are the, the two perspectives. Brie Adam's got a ton of degree of difficulty and Tyler Downs is just ridiculously clean. So that's, uh, that's what's at play there. And then what I wanted to uh, really touch on was the dive that David Bodaya missed in finals, his inward three and a half. I went back and I watched it and I found it. And, and watching it live, I obviously it was like, ooh, that was a miss. But I didn't think it was as, as bad as they scored him. They scored him yeah. really, really low. Okay, Agreed. so I went back and I wanted to see what they were looking for. I'm not at an Olympic trials level judging, but I mean, I can hold my own. What I did not see immediately watching it, he was very, very tight to the board. And after watching it back, because the entry was so splashy and so long, I actually thought he hit the board. It's not like David Bodai to miss an entry, especially when you can see it. You're going in head first and you can right. see your hands. You can see the water. So I thought maybe he hit the board. He didn't. He was just really, really tight. So 
you add you add all those together, super tight to the board, which at this level, that doesn't scare the judges too much, but he was tight. Yeah. And then the fact that he went really, really long and it was very splashy, I mean, it adds up. And to identify your Olympic team, sometimes you got to punish those dives that really need to be punished. Now, again, like I said, I'm not Olympic trials qualifying of judging i still think it might have been a little bit low if if yeah. you know he didn't hit he didn't hit the board and he went he went long i saw scores were like fours fours four and a half maybe there were a bunch of three and a halfs in there too but again this that's what happens if you miss yep. a dive yep. really bad doesn't matter if your name is david bodaya the judges are going to come out and they're going to give you what they think is right and with a panel of seven, you're going to get a score that is accurate. Yep. So, I mean, I, I kind of want to give a kudos to the judges on that. It's, it's really, really easy to see David Bodaya and see inward three and a half and give him the benefit of the doubt. It's, it's easy yep. to do that. And, and they didn't do that. And I, it was impressive. I felt for David. I, if I'm being totally honest, would have loved to see him in Tokyo. I think he yep. has a chance at a medal um but that's how it goes so the one the other thing i wanted to mention about david is after he missed that inward three and a half the camera was following his face and he saw his scores and he kind of looks and he and he, he does a little eye smirk where he raises his eyebrows yep. and, and then he smiled and that's to me what was maybe the most telling thing about this whole contest it was like it's so easy to get mad at yourself. It's so easy to get down after that dive. And he kind of laughed it off. You know, obviously he's being still very serious. He followed that up with an 80 point dive and then yeah. to finish the meet with an 84 point dive. So he truly just kind of shrugged it off and yep. he did everything he could to make the team. It just wasn't quite enough. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I think some of my takeaways, Definitely that I, I, di I did personally think it was judge low, but guess what? I'm not an Olympic judge for a reason. So I think that's like, that's tough for me to criticize. And that's tough. Anytime we watch diving, just because we all have our own flavor and how we want to judge it, how we want to see it. And uh, we're not all right, but guess who is right. Those seven judges that were judging that meet that day. Um, you know, so that, that stinks. And hopefully we get to see David, but dive again. Um, one of my big takeaways, you know, we, we thought there was a big five, you know, when we really sat down and looked at it, yep. Andrew, David, Michael Hickson, Bree Adam, and then, um, Steele Johnson, you know, so we looked at this and, and you take Steele out, you take Jordan out, excuse me. There was really six Jordan, Yep. you know, you basically got rid of two big players in the game and you just added two more in Grayson and Tyler Downs. You know, I think I could be wrong about this at, there are six rounds in finals, and at any given point throughout those rounds, Tyler, Andrew, David, Michael, Briadam, and Grayson were on the Olympic team at one point. You are so correct. I, be I believe I, that is correct. So for me, I'm sitting here, and, and you said it best. We were doing our interview with Dave at the time, and uh, we, we felt bad because we're like, who schedules a podcast during the most exciting Olympic trial men's three-meter in probably our lifetime? For sure. And, and so, uh, you know, I went back and rewatched it, and – just super impressive. You know, we, we were talking beforehand um, about Andrew's list, you know, and, and there's a reason that you're coaching high school and judging NCAs and I'm coaching at a D2 school and I'm sitting here. I'm like, man, back three and a half. That's just so much dive. And I've seen him drill it on Instagram and I've seen him drill it on social media. 
but I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, he's in second, third place after prelims, second, third place after semis with a 30 point and a 20 point dive. I'm like, if he does back two and a half, he probably could do that as a warm up dive and do it for 60 points in his sleep. I'm like, he's in first by a mile. For and sure. then you, you and I are sitting there and sure enough, we're, we're watching. And I, we maybe even mentioned it, but it's like, he did back three and a half for 70 some points. And we're like, Oh, that's why you do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, just, well, just it, know, knowing a little bit of background with, with, uh, Drew Johansson up there, I know he's very analytically based and I would be super curious to know if, maybe coming into the meet, that was something that was discussed of like, Hey, obviously if we hit it three out of three, we're home free. Cause we're going to drill all our, I don't think he missed any other dives. No, so, he, his double out to start the meet every single dive. It was funny. like, Oh my word, this kid yeah. is so good. And so I wonder if that was a discussion where it's like, Hey, we don't need a hundred percent. We need one out of three. You hit one out of three. I feel really good about our chances. You hit two out of three. I feel really good about our chances. You hit three yeah. out of three. We're in the Olympics. So well, I would love to be a fly on the wall and see if that was a discussion pre-meet. And, and you and I had the conversation. I kind of brought it up to you. He missed it in prelims. He missed yep. it in finals. And what I said to, to Heath, I was just like, hey, now you kind of have to do it. Yeah. You know, yep. like if you miss it twice, now you need that DD yep. just in case you do hit it. Like it, let's say, let's say meet number three for finals. He dumbs it down to back to that pike. Not he might it. not make it that uh, that yep. might not be enough. And, and yep. telling that he beat David, but by five points, I don't think it would have been enough. So yep. I agree. It was cool to see that strategy play out doing that big, big dive. And like you said, he hit it one out of three times. And maybe that was, that was a plan. Maybe they knew going into it analytically, Hey, we're going to miss this sometimes, but when we hit it, we're good. No, no yeah, worries. And I mean, you said it really well too about Tyler Downs. I mean, he was just on in that final, that reverse three and a half. He just he was on, and you know, I think that their coach had him pretty well prepared and trained him up to uh, to be ready to peak. And I mean, he also did well in finals on tower too. I mean, he hit dives, so I think that's what it comes down to. It's twelve dives for sure. And and so. this is yeah. Th there's another conversation that it, it's always tough because the grass is always greener, no matter what the format, no matter who's in, no matter who's up. There's always and say hey did we get the right people and you know i think about david Badaya and i think about sarah bacon and i'm like man it's a bummer to leave them home it really is i i feel like both of those two would have a chance if if everything went right to to battle for a medal and i'm not taking anything away from the people that made it because they were the ones that we identified yep. in the united states you are our most consistent you are our best two individuals in your event. That is the purpose of our Olympic trials. But again, you flip the coin and you're like, man, Sarah Bacon just took second at Worlds. Yeah. And that was a that was a stiff competition. And we didn't have everybody yep. in the Olympics there, but oh, it's it's tough to leave her home. Yep. And and so again, you open up that conversation of, hey, did, did we get the right team here? And I think you can make an argument for Sarah and David. Yeah. And I, I don't think we necessarily, and, and I would need to go back and look at past meets, but I, I don't think we see that a ton. You know, I think we've seen that a few times in our lifetime where, where we were really engaged in the diving world, but for the most part that I can remember, things kind of go as according to plan. Um, and I think this was the first year, maybe, you know, really loving this sport and, and seeing it. And especially with COVID, I just feel like COVID kind of put a new, center on everything and just the excitement around it. And, 
you know, just these athletes. And it's like, some of them were, were on and some, some just missed a little bit. And it just shows you, I mean, Jason said that, you know, Jason Bauman said that a couple episodes ago. He's like, if you're, you miss a little, like you can completely miss your, miss your chance. But at the end of the day, like these athletes, it, it was meant to be for them to be on this team and they trained properly and they, they peaked at the right time. And now they get another month to get ready to peak again. And those coaches will have them ready. Um, speaking of coaches, you know, I think you made a, you made a kind of a notation that you kind of wanted to touch on with maybe some of these coaches that were involved in this process for these athletes. Oh yeah. Right before I got on, I just said, if you're, uh, if you're out there keeping score, like I was in the, uh, in the college rankings, we have a whole lot of, uh, three specific schools representing our team, uh, USA in the Olympics. And that's university of Texas. They got a bunch of divers in, they got, we also have uh, Purdue university, Got a bunch of divers in and then IU, Indiana University. I mean, you look at, yep. in my mind, that, that's kind of the big three of like, wow, look at our team. That is that is the majority of, of the schools that it comes from. It's, it's really impressive. It's amazing for those coaches. I'm super happy for them. Uh, it's just, it's really cool if ever we get an opportunity to, to t- chat with any of them, you know, just pick their brain a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think it was also neat to see we saw a lot of young guns in the, in the meet, you know, Dave kind of referred to them as sharpshooters in the previous meet. I think that's like a really, really good uh, descriptor for them. But, you know, we saw schools like Florida state, Minnesota, Nevada, you know, and I think that um, it was just really, really cool to see. And I'm just so happy that we were able to watch uh, maybe not as much as we wanted, uh, which will kind of segue into our next thing. Uh, you guys are going to get to hear us rant a little bit and uh, yeah. And uh, remember that as we go through this, this is not meant to be, overly negative to anybody but we just want to give you our honest opinion you know we're on here to tell you what we think you don't always have to agree with us and uh if you don't let us know and we'll happily read your what you think but uh you know so why don't you kind of give your your thoughts on maybe the broadcast Rooney? maybe <laughs> and uh and at the end after we kind of give our thoughts we'll kind of maybe offer some solutions that maybe we think are at least reasonable um and then we'll kind of yeah. maybe have some unreasonable ones as well so uh y'all are gonna have to buckle up and just join me for this ride. I'm really going to, I'm really going to try to keep it on the rails because I was fired <laughs> up and I yes. still am. So here's, here's my issue. Um, I don't understand TV contracts, but nope. I'm sure the TV contract with NBC is great. My issue is watching finals was brutal. Um, it was, it was specific again, I had so much hype for this men's three meter final. We got five, six guys that I'm super excited to watch. I waited a year pending all these people joining all this. And I'm so excited to finally watch this final. And like you mentioned, everybody in the top five at some point was in the top two. So we get this haymaker fest that we were so excited about to watch. I'm so jacked to watch this meet. And then the brass me now just give some examples. The men's three meter final started in round three on the broadcast. I don't know how that happened. So I was frustrated right off the get go. Um, it says, you know, right when you click, the video to watch it, it says standings after round two of six. And it was like, well, what, what happened? Where are these first two round dives? So I let it go. I said, you know what? 
I'm sure the whole thing will be on a video later, online, whatever. I'll just enjoy this final. So we get through David Bodaya in round three. He was the last diver. And then we go to commercial. And again, I get it. You got to make your money. I am not faulting USA Diving. I'm not, hey, do your thing. But we missed a lot of dives. We missed a lot of dives. We have 12 divers in this final. And I've competed in finals. Heath, you've competed in finals. Finals yeah. goes very, very fast. Yes. Very fast. And that's exciting. And it's fun. And it's, hey, this guy's up. Oh, let's ride this momentum. This guy's up. Now this guy's up. Oh my gosh, look at this dive. It was not that feel at all. It was a production, which again is fine. It was just frustrating from a viewer perspective. I am a fan of diving. All I want to watch is diving. And if I'm being totally honest, the only time this whole week of prelims or of, uh, of Olympic trials that I was excited for was prelims. Prelims was a live feed with zero commentating and there yep. were 36 divers and it was just one after the next. And it took a long time because there's 36 divers. I get it. It took a long time. And there were some guys, again, take this with a grain of salt. I would never go to this meet. I was a, not at this level, not even close. Yeah, no. <laughs> but there were some, there were some guys that it was very clear that they were not going to make it past prelims. Yeah. I wanted to see that. I want to see how my diving at my absolute top, if I could compare it to this person, how would I do? Oh yeah. I'd get crushed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I wanted to see the difference between average and our Olympic team. And so I was excited to watch prelims. I was excited to watch semis and then finals came and it's like, all right, here we go. And we don't get to watch any of it. We're watching commercials finals with 12 people. If you go, let's say 30 seconds to dive, which isn't crazy fast. Let's yeah. say we stretch it to 45 seconds to dive. You're looking at a 30 to 40, maybe 45 minute meet. That's it total. Okay. With all 12 divers on the screen at all yeah. times. All we got was 20 minutes worth of diving. And yeah. it was a 62 minute video that's currently still up on NBCOlympics.com. I was so frustrated with the amount of diving I was shown in finals. This is why we're here. This is what we've been building up for. And it was like, oh, we don't even get to watch. I was, I was so yeah. distracted by how many commercials there were that I, I didn't even really enjoy it as much as I wanted to. And then, not even on top of that, okay, event is over, awesome. Waited a couple of days, was excited to watch the thing back online. Figured they would go back to round one figured they'd get rid of the commercials because it's over. It's not live. You don't need commercials when it's not live. False. You go back on <laughs> and you're still watching commercials. Yeah. I was speed scrubbing today for like five minutes, trying to find David Bodaya's inward three and a half that he missed. Yeah. And every time I scrub, I was on a new commercial. Oh, sorry. You're on a commercial break. Like, come on, just condense the video online. It's not live anymore. The only people yeah. going back to watch it are nerds like us. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, you know, I, I felt the same, same disappointment and frustration. I, I think I fall more on the disappointment side because, you know, where, where my brain immediately goes is, uh, you know, I think back to my grandparents, you know, they're no longer with us. You know, they went to meets, they were at nationals my senior year. And like, that meant the world to my grandma and grandpa. My grandpa was like tearing up whenever I saw him after the meet, like that meant the world to them. So, you know, 
I try to put myself in these shoes for, for some of these people that are not your David Bodias, your Bree Adams, your Grayson's and, you know, divers seven to 12 in those finals. I think we maybe saw one dive each from them. I don't yep. know if we even saw one from each. So my I saw brain... Jake, Jake Butler is a guy from Minnesota. I was all excited to watch him because he's a, he's for me, a hometown guy. Yep. And I was going to get to watch him compete with the best in our nation. And I saw one dive. Yep. And I think my brain just goes, you know, maybe if you didn't have family members that could attend the meet, especially with COVID, you know, everything's crazy right now. And I, it was awesome to see fans in the stands for them and feed off that. But you know, I just think I feel, I do feel bad for those athletes that they're diving for a lot of them besides two in each event, essentially that's the biggest meet they'll ever dive in, in their entire life. It's one of the most, like they're going to tell their grandkids about that one day and their grandkids are going to tell their kids about it one day, you know, grandpa or grandma was in Olympic trials and maybe someone in the family just couldn't even see it. And it's like, Oh, we're on a commercial break or, Oh, he's going right now. And I can hear the board in the background. I can hear him hit the water, but I'm staring at, someone shaking hands with their coach. And, and while that coach and athlete interaction, I love that. And I know you and I both appreciate seeing that. I want to see the dive. I want to, yeah. I want to see what kids are doing. They worked their butts off for five years. Like remember, like this isn't a normal setup. Like this is five years of their life that they've dedicated and put every ounce of energy towards one goal to dive in this meet and to have loved ones, see them and people around the country, maybe even the world see them. And it's like, I, I just, my heart goes out to those athletes. I'm, I'm yep. so happy that we still have a, a place that we can watch diving. Um, you know, so, so I know we're going to kind of offer some we're solutions gonna, here. We're, well, we're going to keep going. I'm not done with my rant. Yet. <laughs> so we're still, we're still buckled in, but I do want to mention some things that I thought NBC did phenomenally well. Number one, camera, camera angles, yeah. camera shots, camera, yeah. holy buckets. Is that amazing? They have the perfect sequence of, okay, let's get a head on with the diver and they're in the zone and they're watching. I saw a bead of sweat drip down yeah. Sarah Bacon's face. Amazing. I love that. And then they seamlessly, you know, transfer to the side angle, which is what every dive is pretty much watched. And they did it at, it was great. And the slow-mo replay right after everything yep. like that was phenomenal. And I, oh, yeah. I love watching that part of it, but you know, you get into the other portion of it too, is the, is the commentating and how I absolutely don't, I, I, I know I could not do as good a job as Cynthia Potter does simply because she is, is amazing at calling out. Okay. This person needs AIDS. I yeah. can't do that math. Maybe she's being fed that information. I don't know, but wow. She is always dead on. She's this person needs six and a half to make the Olympic team. Amazing. I, I love hearing that because then I can watch the dive. I'm like, oh, I'd give that a six and a half for sure. So that part of it is really, really good. The thing that frustrates me a little bit is we're watching a sport that's not mainstream. We're watching a sport that is, is pretty low on the totem pole of viewers. So the people watching are divers and the people watching are diving coaches and family. Yeah. So for all respect of, of who is watching, who is your audience? We all pretty much know the sport, at least in a little sense. I don't really need to be explained what a back hurdle is. I don't need to be explained, oh, they went short of vertical. Here's what that means. We, we know. We can see it. So that's one of those criticisms that it, it just, I, I get what she's doing. I get why she's saying the things she is. 
but I could do without some of those. Like maybe just simplify it. Oh, shoot. David, but I missed that one. He was tight to the board and went way over vertical move on. But you know, again, another good thing Cynthia does is she follows those storylines super well. And she'll tell you about those storylines. So you get excited to cheer for these people. So again, it's, it's a lot of good. It's, it's a couple of little tweaks where it's like, okay, I, yep. We don't need all of that, but for, for the most part, you know, I think she does a good job. I'd love to, uh, I'd love to do something different. I'd love to, you know, shout out to USA diving. If you're listening, Hey, put us up <laughs> at a meet. I'll just, uh, I'll just be on deck doing something dumb <laughs> on Instagram live. And if, uh, if somebody wants to listen in sweet, if not, that's fine too. Just put a live stream up that has zero commercials. And I'd be so happy. Yeah, no, I think, I think you said it all really well. You know, actually I had a bunch of my athletes, um, high school athletes. They, they were like, if I had to hear the word aluminum, like enunciated <laughs> so clearly more, they were like, we were going to pull our hair out. But, um, I, th- I think you said it well, you know, I, I use my mom as an example, my, you know, love my mom to death, obviously, but, uh, my mom watched me dive for eight years of my life, maybe a hair longer. I'm not sure, but my mom would still watch the Olympics to this day and be like, I don't know what they're saying, but that was pretty. Like, that's what my mom says. Like my mom never watched me do inwards, never watched me do reverses. Now, full disclosure, that's a hundred percent my fault because when I would warm up before meets and she was sitting perpendicular to the board, I would double bounce and jump to the side and backwards. So it looked like I was going to land on the board and she did not (laughs) like that. Um, You got to be nice to your mom. (laughs) For sure. For sure. Um, But I think our sport is so, um, you know, for those of you listening, we're going to have an episode coming out this Monday with uh, Matt O'Neill from Harvard. And he, he describes our sport a little bit, almost like Olympic lifting. Like you got one, one shot at each dive six times in a meet and you got to use all that energy. And so for me, like, I appreciate that the judges whisper when the athletes are going, but the thing that like, if they hit a dive, let's get some excitement. Like you can hear the crowd. I think the biggest roar we got the entire week was Josh Hedberg's reverse three and a half. For sure. Like, like that's the, like I'm sitting in my house and my fiance is yelling at me saying, Heath, shut up. You're screaming. And I'm like, well, he just drilled this dive for nines. And she's like, my, and and my fiance was an eight time all American in college. Like she loves diving just as much as the next person, but she's like, you're, you're nuts. And so, but I think the announcer has to bring some of that. They have to. So not only, not only tell the story, not only say, wow, look at how far this person has come get excited when you yeah. have a good one, when they hit it for nines, go nuts. Like yes. get, give your coworker next to you a high five, like go crazy. And, yep. and there's just a little bit of that lacking and it's, it's very apparent in the diving world, but it's honestly, I watch a lot of golf. It's the same thing there. There's just yep. a ton of commercials and a little bit too much commentating. Sometimes you just got to get out of the way and let people watch. Yeah. And, you know, let the content with your eyes be enough. It's okay to, yeah. to not say as much. Yeah. And I, I think I look at it and it just, I, I would love, you know, like you, you said it kind of as a joke, but it, it is serious. Like if somebody would ever approach us and say, hey, you want to try to commentate on a meet? Do that with multiple people. Do it just like the NFL does it. Remember last year, the NFL they try out different, different pairings throughout the preseason. Do that with regionals and zone meets, do live oh, streams. They just I'd be raised, all in on that, man. That'd be so know, fun. And I just, I look at it and I, and I know that um, USA diving raised the cost of their athletic membership. 
And, and that's fine. You know, that's things, things cost things, you know, things aren't free in this world and that's okay, but let's include something with that. It is not difficult to put a camera up and click go live and live stream. If you and I can figure out how to do a podcast that gets sent out all around the world, there's no doubt in my mind that an organization like USA Diving can set a camera up and hook it up to the internet and live stream it and, and make, like, that part, that, make that part of people's membership. Hey, you're paying money, that, but guess what? You can watch every USA meet regional zones and nationals. You'd probably have a million college coaches. Obviously I'm exaggerating. I bet you every college coach in America would pay for a membership just for the free recruiting that you could watch that and not have to travel to the meet. Oh man, I would. I would. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, that's awesome. That's a great idea. And like you said, it's not hard to put up a camera. I mean, it might cost, you know, yeah. I don't know what a, what a nice camera is, but you know, not your, your, your cell phone. Somebody just posted yep. up there, you know, get it, get something set up and just hit play and make sure that nobody needs to be behind the camera. You just yep. put it at an angle where you can see the whole dive top to bottom without moving it and just push yep. play. It seems yeah. like a, something we did that for our high school meets during it, COVID. It seems possible. It's not something that's, that's insane. If colleges can do this, you know, I, I coached before transitioning to Clarence, I coached at a small division three college. We live streamed every athletic event that our school was involved in our conference live streamed every athletic event. If those colleges can figure that out and, and, and it's kids running it. I mean, honestly, the people who are running our cameras for our live stream, they're student, they're students on our campus. Um, I, li- I like that idea, you know, maybe not even a pay-per-view, but like, Hey, here's, here's this package. You got to pay an extra hundred bucks. If you want to no watch all these meets, you know, no problem. whatever it is, I don't know the numbers. I'm, I'm just offering like random solutions. You know, I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. And I think, I just look at it and I just, I, I, I look at, at everything that happened over this week and, and it was so amazing and I'm just so excited and blown away for our, I think we have 11 Olympians, but I do get a little bit sad in the disservice that, that we were able to give to those athletes that maybe weren't your David Bodias. And, and unless you sat down and watch prelims and semifinals like you and I and weirdos that actually just want to watch diving in their free time, you know, like, how many people got to see some of these 16, 17, 18 year olds dive in a meet? And it's like, what the heck? You know, we saw some of these 14 year old, 15 year old kids doing legit lists that we're going to see them in four or five or three years, hopefully for Paris, you know? And yeah. I just, I, w- I want to see when in doubt, and it just kind of rolls back into my coaching ideas. Like I just want to see athletes be represented and acknowledged for all the hard work they're doing. It's, you know, you and I, you and I, we had our moment where we got to be athletes and it got to be about us and that's all great and dandy. But at the end of the day, like, Hey, we're doing a podcast and just talking to all these coaches, but I just want it to be about the athletes. Like let them be center stage. It's not, doesn't need to be about anything else. Like, and, you know, and just kind of the follow-up, I feel very confident that uh, Cynthia Potter is definitely given those scores that they need um, because I know when we did commentating for some, some meets in the area, we had that. Like I have someone sitting beside me going, all right, uh, okay. this is how far back they are. We did the math. Here you go. Um, which is good. Like hopefully at a, at a humongous studio, like NBC, they, they should have someone doing the math real quick, getting that information in her ear, giving her the storylines, boom, boom, boom. But a lot of these diving storylines, if you love diving, you know, them. you know, them before you get there. Yeah. So I just, I would like to see something, something different and, and something maybe a little more exciting that can appeal and, and even more so, I just think we do a disservice for our, our club coaches and our clubs in America because that we get to be on TV for Olympic trials, 
Uh, every now and then senior nationals gets put on TV, which is awesome, but it's always on some random channel and the Olympics. Well, for USA nationals, that's like the perfect opportunity when people around the country are watching it. Hey, let's talk about these clubs that are going on. Let's talk about pit aquatics club. Let's talk about rib fest. Let's talk about Indiana international sport diving. Like let's talk about these clubs and, and how they work and Hey, find your local club and get involved. And it's a, it's a, a missed opportunity to help grow our sport. And that's what I want to see. Sure. Just, I want to see more divers in our sport. That's how we're going to get better athletes. That's how we're going to push, yeah. the, push the boundaries. You nailed it with that. I love that. Yeah, you're exactly right. Something, just something different, you know, put, push the boundaries a little bit, whatever it needs to be. But uh, yeah, you know, you, you just continue to do the same thing over and over again. And like you said, you, we only get to watch good diving once every four years. Yep. But, you know, if you count those senior national meets, which that is absolutely good diving and the NCAA absolutely. championships, that's great diving as well. Why don't we get to, you know, enjoy those meets yeah. on TV or on a stream without, you know, the commercial overload? So, yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So, well, there you go. I, I, th I think I did good there. I think I kept <laughs> it. I kept it on the tracks. Yeah, you did good, Rooney. I'm proud of you. I, After knowing I, what we were talking about beforehand. I was a little heated. You know, I, I just watched a little U.S. Open golf and my brain kept going down that same path. It was like, all right, I got to reel this one in. We got to make sure we don't uh, we don't make too many people mad. You know, what about um, what about that? You know, we're we're fortunate that people actually want to listen to us talk for some un unforeseen reason. I have no clue why they want to listen to us, but we're happy they are. Um, what if people want to email us or, or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook or not Facebook, excuse me, Instagram, Twitter, email, send us what you think would be good solutions for how to represent our sport better at these Olympic trials. Um, maybe not the Olympics, because I feel sure that just has to be the way it is, you know, senior nationals, regional zones, whatever that might be. Let's hear your ideas and we'll share them on the air. Whoever you are, we're going to give credit to you and uh, let's just try to get ideas out there and, Maybe they'll find their way to the right people's ears or right people's eyes. And maybe we can make a positive change for how to represent the sport a little bit better for the general viewers and get it in front of more eyes. The more eyes that watch it, I really truly believe our sport's awesome. And the more people that watch it, the more people will want to try it. The more people that want to try it makes these meets like the Olympic trials even better because we can get better. You know, we already have amazing athletes, but let's get, maybe there's that one athlete somewhere in look, Clarion, Pennsylvania. There's not a diving team in the area except for, except for the college team. Maybe they never try diving, but they watch something one day and they're like, yeah, I think I can do that. I do some stuff in gymnastics or trampoline. Let me reach out to somebody and maybe you don't can't help them, but you can at least get them to who can. And uh, I think for it'd be sure. great for our sport. That'd be cool. Yeah. Even, even if we end up being the little, uh, the messenger bees that just yep. say, Hey, I, I, I got this kid in, uh, in Idaho and he doesn't know where to, yeah. where to go to dive and, you know, we get connected with somebody from Idaho that coaches diving. And it's like, Hey, yep. maybe you guys can figure it out. That, that would be interesting to me as well. You know, just like you said, getting people involved and introduced to the sport that we love so much, uh, just to continue to grow it and progress it. And yeah. Yep. So yeah, like he said, hit us up Twitter, Instagram, Gmail. We are the diving pod and the Gmail of course is the diving pod at gmail.com. We have some really, really cool people coming up. Uh, to, on Sunday, we're doing an interview with Chris Colwell. He was a two-time Olympian for Team USA. And uh, we also are going to be interviewing Lindsay Iordish. I think I'm going to butcher that last name, and I'm going to have her correct me on the air. 
Um, but we're going to interview them. Those will actually post at a later date. Um, that will be either the 28th of this month or also the 5th of July. Um, so this upcoming week on Monday, you guys are going to hear from Matt O'Neill. That was an awesome podcast we did with him. Um, we promised him we would release it after Father's Day because he's a brand new dad. Um, so if you know him, please congratulate him. The baby's adorable. He sent us some photos and uh, they just watched the Olympic trials together. He said everything was going really good when we talked last week. Uh, Matt, hope it's still going great. And uh, we're excited to release your, your episode here on Monday. And uh, if you guys have questions, let us know. Awesome. All right. Signing off. We'll see you next time. Yes, sir. Bye.